right, guys, welcome back to Sportsverse Podcast with uh, Sonny and G. Mr. G? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do something we haven't done in so long here, actually talk about the NHL. Yeah, straight up. How many games are we in now? Like uh, 13? It's about a, like 15% of the season right now. Yeah. Which is good because our Canucks are off to the uh, best start in franchise history all of a sudden. Fuck, oh, man. That's fun. Something for the city to look forward to other than uh, Jet Motor Lane coming up. <laughs> it's always nice. I know, 10, 2, and 1, man. Like the With all the Sedins and some of the great players we've had over the years. 10, 2, and 1. Didn't see this guy. I honestly thought they were had a shot at making the playoffs, and I would have been happy if they just made the playoffs as a lower seed. But now 10, 2, and 1, man. Uh, it's hard to believe. It's anybody, like, especially for outsiders, like people that I know that aren't uh, hockey fans that have, like, started bringing it up. And it's, like, a topic that would have never kind of really spoken about. And now other like, girls are wanting to go to games and stuff like that because it's, like, the buzz is kind of going around that this is a hot team. This is a place to go. A lot of people are trying to build events around going to the games, which is like a good thing for our city because that's going to boost a little bit of uh, the economy around Vancouver. Well, we have the third best record in the league right now. Yeah. I'm a five-game winning. And the, the other teams around us are like some like super powerless. They are, but there's also some really bad ones yeah. that we'll talk about in a minute here too. Um, I was just going to talk, uh, expand on your point about the, like, yeah. the atmosphere around Rogers Arena too. This is probably the first time in like the social media era with like all this Instagram and everything that the Canucks have been like actually good. Not like you're going to go see a game of Rogers Arena. The Canucks may not, may win. They might get blown out. Who knows? But now you go to the game, you're expecting them to have a good chance at winning. And now it's social media is blowing up. It's great for all the bars and the restaurants and they're now getting extra people. The player, right? Getting more sponsorship deals than yep. ever as long as the whore and it's. They were starting to get him, obviously, like, he and all these guys. Like, I know a company, uh, Glory Juice, a brown guy, started, and he signed uh, Quinn Hughes as his main rep for it. What is that? It's Glory Juice. It's kind of a mixture of, like, really good types of, like, vegetables and all these kind of things. And I don't eat of whatever. Okay. Into one drink. Yeah. He did a special one for uh, uh, Quinn Hughes for his, like, number, and it says his number on there and stuff. And that, yeah. Whatever drink he likes, obviously. And now the deal that they're doing so well, obviously that's going to help these companies that much more because having these bases and you got those deals signed before they blew up is going to be beneficial because you got these guys locked into some good contracts and good deals. I wish our, I wish the actual salaries of uh, PD because he's going to, he, he's going to be, uh, what is it, his contract's up after this year. So you went from possibly paying him, thank you. To Mr. Benning for fucking up our salary cap so bad that now, you know, we had to sign short-term bridge deals. Otherwise, if you had signed him to one of those eight-year deals, if the Canucks had been a little smarter with the money, you probably would have been paying him like $9 million, $10 million right now. But that would have been a steal because now in this offseason, depending on what happens with some of the awards and things like that, I mean, if he wins MVP, which he has a good shot at right now, what are you going to pay him? 11, 12, 13 million dollars a year, right? Like he's, and he's probably worth it. He's, but at the same time, a lot of money, man. Like in NHL numbers, that's a lot of money. Obviously in other sports, it was a like 13 mils, like a backup, like center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our numbers, but in the NHL, that's a lot. And I, I was listening to a podcast where they brought Lyndon on. Yeah, the recent he was right. kind of talking about the whole deal when him and Benning were there. Yeah, the bumping of the heads and bumping heads with not even just Benning. There was a couple other people that he named in there, and it was just like meetings that nobody was happy to go to because stupid shit was constantly happening. 
And now you get to see like, you know, the cats out of the bag. And now we get to see people kind of expose it, talk about it. Well, bad of a hole it started off to, to get to where it is. Now. Lyndon was right. That's all yeah. I got to say, right? So he wanted to slow right. play. He wanted to slow play it. And, and the long guys, the too. long term, right? Because <laughs> you know what? If he'd spent a few years being a shitty team and doing it properly, not just putting out bad players, but taking on other teams, unwanted salary for draft picks. Taking on, getting into trades where you're taking on a fourth rounder to rent out some cap space. All these little things that eventually add up to something big because you have, you stack a little win on top of a little win on top of a little win and eventually you get the big wins, right? Benny, he wanted to do so many shortcuts with all these free agent signings and making these huge splashy trades when they didn't need to make those trades and give up those assets quite yet. Like, I, you know, I was wrong in a couple of things like Heronic, for example, this past year. Yeah. I said they they shouldn't have gone out and traded for him, and I was completely wrong. But now, when you know, looking at it from a big picture, they made the trade because they thought they were going to be good this year. And look at the teams this year: Heronics on an eight-game point yeah. streak. The first, you know, trading first rounder for this guy was now worth it, right? And I admit, I like I didn't think he was going to be this good. I mean, I probably didn't watch enough then, but I just knew from you know the stuff I had watched, I didn't know he was this good of a player. I think yeah, we got kind of like put in that phase of every year looking at Benny and picking these weird guys, and we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like just just do nothing. Wait a year maybe in there and see if the team is actually going somewhere deep. He thought that every year, hey, it's a Stanley Cup chance. It's a Stanley Cup chance. It's like you can only make those splurges if your team's going somewhere. But if you're at a point of almost rebuild, you're kind of getting these young guys that are starting to blow up. You can't just keep grabbing all these vets and think that they're just going to revamp your team. And you, and the guys that were signing are all guys that are other teams were not willing to sign to long Nobody else. And they're fringe players yeah. in a lot of cases, right? Like you're signing guys who are turning 30, right? You're signing guys who are playing your bottom six that are making three, $4 million a year on your bottom pairing defenseman too, right? Myers is one of those. Yeah. So if you look at all the guy, the players they gave up, the draft picks they've given up, you know they gave up early on players to sign free. Like all these mistakes, yep, ended up compounding. And I mean, we're still dealing with like the Oliver uh, Ekman Larson deal, right? Like that's still gonna be on our books for another few years at least. So, um, but I was gonna swing it back to something positive. Um, Demko, Petey, Hughes, and Talkin could all win Vesna MVP, Norris, and Coach of the Year respectively. I mean, 15 games, 13, 14 games in, whatever, right? But it gives you an idea. The chats were even contending. It's even in discussion, right? We haven't had something like this. I mean, I would probably, like, even the year that they did, you know, win a first round matchup, it was during the pandemic year. And it was in fucking August. Yeah. Right? You're not talking about actual, in front of actual fans. So for the Canucks to possibly get some actual home games for the first time in like 10 years, I would say, I think that was. When they, when they played, I think it was Calgary they lost to that year when Orabat was in his like rookie year, things like that as well. But yeah, and then finally, speaking of uh, the team they lost to that year, Calgary, Battle of Alberta, battling for that bottom spot. Yeah, I mean, watch Oilers get another number one draft pick all of a sudden, and they're bad for one year, and they're like, hey, we'll give you a first. But I guess that's I mean, all they do. Like they get they get amazing players, but then the team gets nowhere. So it's like this cycle of always. That player goes to another team and he becomes like a star almost in the team. He well, too. I know NHL loves to reward teams with number one draft picks who don't deserve it. Like, yeah. you know, Chicago Blackhawks and Bernard, yeah. right? Just one of them. But the Oilers got, I think, like 20 draft picks, number ones over a 20-year period at 1.2. But speaking of some of these uh, draft picks, McDavid and Dreisaitl, I know there's been some uh, 
angst about them potentially leaving in a couple of years. Like after this year, you got to sign uh, Drysaddle. Yeah. And then the following year after that, McDavid's eligible for his extension. Yeah. So what are you guys are going to be thinking about? Hey, hey we want to win a cup and we've been here this long. This team has, obviously they've done a lot of movement around them. I tried to help them. I won't say, you know, Edmonton sat back and been like, hey, I'll we'll let you guys ride it out. 100%. They've tried it. All the pieces they brought in haven't been clicking really. It's been a two-man team almost every year. Whole time, the every year. Every same guys, man. Better battling this year. They still can't figure out a goaltender either. That's probably, the, I think, one of the bigger issues. Because even in sometimes having a shitty D, they just never had a goaltender to help out. Well, look at the, I, I mean, I'll compare to the Canucks right now because it's just, it's relevant. But they're, we, you know, we're we're not a team that's probably played like a 10-2-1 team because Demko and DeSmith the other day yeah. have been phenomenal in front of us. Right? Like we won a few games out there that we, the was it the game against Edmonton? We got out yeah. shot like 20-3. to three. We're up like 2-1. Yeah, and they had the crazy thing was out of those three shots or whatever in one of the period, there was like two goals for three shots. Was, That's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Like we put up, we put up eight in the first game and then we beat them up again. But those, that's the kind of difference goaltending can yeah. make for an actual legitimate team. Yeah. If we put in like, uh, what is it, Campbell and uh, whatever the other, Skinner and as our goalies and they had Demko, they'd be the best team in the league right now. The crazy thing is like Canucks are like a known team every year almost for being one of the most shot, like a goalie gets uh, most shots at. Every, but we have Ever good. since Luongo days when Luongo had like, maybe like, I don't know, like 30, oh, 30 plus shots a game each game. For 100%. Getting into the 40. Yep, yep. And it's like, you can't always out of those 40 shots see like, like, you know, all, all of them. You're going to have to let in something and then we can get upset on those days where we get blown out, but it's like, you got shot. 40 or 50 shots. We had a, but, but <laughs> goaltending is one thing that Vancouver really, like other than probably the few early years of the betting area before um, Demko took over. Yeah. We've always had pretty good goaltending for the most of our like lifetime. We've had, you know, Schneider, Lawong. Remember when we had two good goalies? That was always a debate in the market, oh, too, right? And then after, like those guys had for so many years. I mean, Miller, when he was here for a few years, he actually played well. I was the team in Fire Club. Right, it was a team in front of them that was shit. Yeah, I, that's true too. Goaltending, like, it makes such a huge difference. Look at all the years that Montreal's made it to the, you know, made it to Stanley Cup. It wasn't because they had the best offense or defense. It was because the best guys like Kerry Ray Lee. He was MVP worthy. He's won an MVP. He was the best. So one of my favorite goalies. Um, and then on on the other side of that, even with Calgary, right? They're supposed to have Markstrom. They're supposed to have Huberto. Yeah, supposed to be. He's in the first year of a ten and a half million dollar deal over eight years, man. <laughs> You thought the, oh, we had some <laughs> bad contracts. You still got the Owen oh, this guy. First year of the contract still. And then they got him for Kachuk, and that's another deal that just um, first year Kachuk leaves Cal Alberta or Calgary, sorry, ends up taking the team to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because for so many years, you, Calgary and Edmonton are the ones battling for playoff spots or Ooh. top spots and Stanley Cup contender status there for both of them. And now. The tables have turned. Yeah, they were usually fighting like within the overall divisional matches, whereas you know, like us and uh, other teams are all fighting for like wild card spots. Us, like, Ottawa has in for a lot. I mean, they're doing better, better, which is crazy. Ottawa's doing but they're better than old Alberta teams, right? Now. But that's still not good for them either. They no, they've lost a bunch of games. Even Toronto hasn't done so well. I mean, Montreal's been okay. But Montreal's expectations are also much different than a lot of lower, and they're at the same record as Toronto Rays, which is crazy. And well, <laughs> exactly. So they're a, they're fighting for a playoff spot too, right? Which is all you yeah. can ask for them. Like that old division, no, it's perfect. Fighting for playoff spots at this point. And Ottawa's the worst team, but 
in yeah. other divisions that would actually be not a playoff spot, but that actually I like it. Care. I like it. I like it that all the Canadian teams are fighting for a spot other than Calgary and Edmonton. Usually <laughs> they were there for sure with Toronto and everybody else. Maybe even Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg has always had a pretty team. solid team for the most yeah. part. They're a solid team. They just end up getting like beating the. They just never get past the second round, right? Those they're like the like the you know kind of like the Philly 76ers There, you can get past the first round. It's the second round that, like, when you're in the final four, you get a, almost, like, a little bit of an elevated status because you're in the final four, right? And I think Winnipeg, their one biggest issue all year has been every year is their home uh, records. It sucks all the time. Like, a home record matters so much. Like, when somebody's coming to your ice, you should be winning those games as much as you can. Like, look at the Canucks right now. Haven't lost a single game at home. So it's a, it's a fun place to go and watch the games for your team because you know that, hey, if I go to a home game, there's a high, highly likely chance that I'm not going to lose. Yep. So the crowd's into it that much more. Whereas if you're losing at home, you get like two goals scored on you know, <laughs> too early. Now the crowd's just kind of out of it. Like it just, you know, takes away from the game. It's a huge, well, I mean, I don't think we've had an atmosphere where no. the fans have been, I mean, you, we usually, the only time I think the Canucks in the last, I would say 10 years for the most part, I remember, I think it was once we lost to Calgary, we started the, you know, whatever retool that Benning was saying, instead of a rebuild, yeah, we got a retool. And 10 years later, it's finally turning into something actually relevant. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, I think that's probably enough hockey talk, hockey talk for this one. So that's the end of this episode. And then NBA will be on right after this.